Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Here with you on a Monday morning, Sunday afternoon, Monday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our service men and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. I, I smell it out from all the way over here, Joel. The blueberry cobbler is rolling today. Yeah, and I got... Two big old bags full in the in the truck. One of blueberry cobbler. One of southern pecan. Uh, so I can keep Strange Brew West up and running at Casa de Coleman. Well, there you go. Strange. I can't. I can't. You know, Brewman. I can't. I can't make it happen. Yes, it, that doesn't work. There, there's that's not a million dollar idea. No, a coffee house in somebody somebody else's house. It's not. That's not a million dollar idea. Make so. I, I need some. We, we we need to go to the old uh, drawing board. And, and see what we, we got a lot of work, yeah. a lot of work on that one. But it's no work to head over to Strange Brew Coffee, pick up a delicious hot beverage. Nasty rainy Sunday afternoon here in Starkville. Nothing to warm your bones like something from Strange Brew. Our good friends at College Corner want you in maroon and white when you head to Duty Noble this fall or this fall, this spring. You can go in the fall. They got they got fall baseball. I'm just saying. You know, seasons are. You live in Mississippi. Seasons are sort of irrelevant. But baseball season is coming up, and that means you need to get some new M over S gear. Why don't you head over to College Corner, two locations in Jackson, in the Jackson area to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Floyd by the Half Shell. Or you can just go shop online at collegecornerstore.com, grab a new polo, a new baseball cap, and you'll be set for baseball this spring. Advantage Business Systems is hoping that your January has started out the right way on they hope that your profits are looking like they're going to take a big turn for the better. And if they aren't, well, maybe you need to give them a call and find out what they can do to help you keep your technology needs at the pinnacle of performance. We're talking about it's 2021. You can't be sitting there. You know, people out there still with micro, like Windows 95. You got to get rid of that stuff. Let's go. You got a floppy disk on your shirt there. I do. So I do. people are still using those. People are still using those. Your business is one of those. You need to give advantage business. I used to play like today. Oregon Trail off the floppy disk. Oh, yeah. It was great. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Uh, how many times did you die of dysentery? <laughs> a lot. A lot. Anyway, Advantage Business Systems, your business won't die. It will prosper with a phone call to Advantage Business Systems. Call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Mississippi State had some business in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. Unfortunately, that deal was just a little bit short of getting closed. It's, this is where it's tough. When you feel like the team played about as well as they were capable of playing, and you still lose. Yeah, but those are the kind of losses that, in the in the small picture, you can deal with. Because yeah, I you, agree. You know you you thought you played well. You gave it all you had. There was at no point during the game that you thought that the team phoned it in or whatever. The problem is, for for this team, is just it's a loss, and it comes on the heels of a loss where you didn't get those things. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it, no moral victories. We all know right. the, the thing. Uh, it, they lost the game. But it was – it's at least a livable loss when you go on the road to a team that hadn't lost an SEC game and you're right there with them at the end. I agree. And, and it's – if you want to claim a moral victory – I'll allow it. How about that? I, I, mean, I won't be doing that, but that's fine. Uh, Mississippi State falls to Alabama 81-73. Dogs led a, a little bit in the first half, but Alabama went on a quick run, grabbed the lead, and then never gave it back. State cut it to as close as three in the last minute, but uh, weren't, weren't able to do anything with that. They fall now to 9-7. and seven. The simple truth of this team is this. If they had won the games they were supposed to win, they would be 12-4. and four. And we could be talking about them as a legitimate NCAA tournament team. Yep. They did not do that. Nope. And that's going to be the story of this season is, nope. you know, they're the anti-Mullen. They, they won the games. They can't win the games they're supposed to win, but they did the hard stuff. They beat two good teams in Florida and Missouri. Yeah, and, and having lost the game to Ole Miss, I mean, this was a chance to kind of negate that a little bit. You know, you lost the game to Kentucky that you should have won, but you kind of erased that when you beat Missouri. Well, you lost the game to Ole Miss that you should have won. You kind of could have erased that if you'd have went to Tuscaloosa and somehow found a way uh, against Alabama, and you didn't. And so the Ole Miss loss now sticks with you. Um, and and now you're looking at, I mean, right now, big picture, you look at this team, four and four in the league, what nine and seven overall. I mean, it just feels like the NIT is now definitely the ceiling. It does, and that's going to be very tough to get to as well. Yeah. I mean, you look at this team's net, they should be down in the, the 90s. I haven't looked at it today. Um, but it, it's going to be tough to get to the NIT. So, 27 points for DJ Stewart, He had, but not a great shooting day. 9 of 21. I was 7-7 from the line, though. State was much better from the line in this game, 15-17 overall, mainly because their guards were the ones going to the line. Tolu Smith, Abdul Adu, no, no attempts. The only person who missed a free throw was Javian Davis, who is not a good free throw shooter. Iverson Mullard contributed 19. No other Bulldog in double figures. And what do we always say? You got to get, you know, if you get three, great. If you get four, you won. State only gets two. Jalen Johnson only played four minutes in this game and didn't have a shot attempt. Yeah, Ben talked about that in the post game. Um, just talked about how Alabama spreads the floor so much with their offense. And so that kind of leaves guys like Jalen, would have been on an island or whatever. And he's talking about defensively. The most important thing is, you know, staying between the ball and the basket. And he just thought Jalen was having problems with that, and so Cameron Matthews gave you That's, gave you more defensively, and, and that was what the state needed. It's interesting he, to hear that, considering he played four minutes. If he played most of the first half and it struggled, but, I mean, you're telling me in four minutes we're making that decision. Well, that, that just tells you that's kind of a game plan thing going in, probably. I, I guess. I thought state's defensive game plan was not great. And they, they, they and that's being said, they held Alabama to eighty-one points, and holding Alabama to eighty-one points these days is a lot. They've been getting ninety, um, but the help defense. This is a team that likes to make the extra pass and likes to drive and, and kick out for threes, and it felt like too many times State would leave their man to help, and would end up with an open shooter. Well, that's what DJ talked about in the post game. Right. Was he felt like defensively State made strides forward from the Ole Miss game. Because of that, he thought that, that they they were really, you know, didn't play well when guys drove to the basket and things against Ole Miss, and they kind of took care of some of those issues against Alabama, but the problem is Alabama shot 34 threes. Right. I mean, that's I mean, their you, offense. So you've got to adapt. You've got to adapt your game. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I didn't feel like State did a really good job of that. Um, Tolu Smith, 
early in the first half was having a pretty good game, but only finished up with eight points and nine rebounds. He also turned the ball over four times. State 16 turnovers uh, on the day. Like I said, I feel like State did about as good a job as you could have done against Alabama, but at the same time, Alabama is just one of the best teams in the country right now. All five tied starters go into double figures. Um, they shoot 14 of 34. I mean, that's that's you know, State makes 27 shots. Alabama only made 28. But what's the difference? State yeah. only makes four three pointers, and Alabama makes 14. And so I mean, that, that's you know, I, I liked what they said about and and Nate Oates is an is an, a darling of the analytics committee. Uh, I'm sorry, community, in that you know. His opinion, there are only three shots a basketball player should take. A three-pointer, a layup, and a free throw. Nothing else. We're not taking jump shots from inside the line. I like that. And it's it's a, it's effective. Um, sure has been for them. Yeah. And I saw some people talking about how has he been able to do this so quickly and Howland's in year six. I think – you tell me what you think of this. I think what they did was this. The coach before him, Avery Johnson, was an outstanding recruiter. They put together some top classes there at Alabama. They but, lost several though, dude. I mean, they have lost state, ha- state has one. <laughs> yeah, they have. They. I'm just saying, but a lot of these guys, these are all. Uh, most of these guys are, you know, his players. I think Primo's not. And I think the difference is though that Oates understands basketball, college basketball, and Avery Johnson really didn't. Avery Johnson was an NBA guy. You know, it just it just did, it never clicked for him. And there's sort of some of that with Ben Howland. Not that he's an NBA guy, but. Much like we've seen in SEC football, offense is what's winning. I mean, look at yesterday's scores. A lot of teams in 90, Auburn scored over 100, and State's still trying to grind things out. What's funny is when they tried, they, they couldn't grind things out against Ole Miss. Ole Miss is even slower than them. So, and then Ole Miss beating Texas A&M was just like the, the cherry on the Sunday there. I mean, they and they easily beat them. So it just, this is a very frustrating team. And I, I feel the frustration of the fans watching this this team. Yeah. And the thing is too, if you'd have told me before they tipped off the season that they were gonna be nine and seven, sixteen games in, I think I would have said that sounds about right. Yeah. But it's the one but it's, it, like you said. It's how it's again, it's They're the anti Mullen. They're when they're not winning the games if they were nine and seven and they had lost to Georgia, Florida and Missouri and had beaten Kentucky which I mean, Kentucky's not good. Yeah, and you had a you had a nine point lead, and had beaten A and M, beaten Ole Miss, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. I don't think I think everybody's like, man, Howland's doing a really good job. It's it's incredible, the exact same record, but just switch some things around. Everybody's like, Howland's doing a great job. This team is overachieving. They're going to be really good next year. But because you've lost the games you've lost and the way you've lost them, it's what's he doing? You know, and it just goes to show you what's about perception is reality. Here, here it is, right here, right. It really is. There, there is a perception that I, 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 I hate going down the road of should Howland be here next? Should he not? I, right. I, I hate talking about all that. So well, you're I such a Howland Homer, from what I yeah, read. That's what, what I hear. Point, I mean, so. I, I just I like looking at the entirety of the picture, and I, I agree. I think I think Paul said it on their message board, but I say it too. I don't. You won't ever hear Joel get on here and say so and so should be fired ever. Um. Because crap, man, we walk in there and talk to these guys. <laughs> I mean, these people know us, and I mean, I'm not going to say, "Hey, that dude should be fired," and then go talk to him. The next, like, it just you gotta. That all that said, I I don't understand the perception of just that he's doing a a total mess up with this year's team. Right. 
I don't get that perception. I, I get the frustration. I get the frustration of the, you know, last year kind of being bubbly with all the NBA. You know, you had a couple NBA guys on the team, and season gets canceled, and I don't know if State would have made the tournament or not. Most people seem to think that they would not have. Um, but we'll never know the answer to that question because they didn't get to play a couple of games in, in the SEC tournament to see. Everything got, got banged, obviously. But now all of a sudden people want to use some of what's happened this year as as the the straw that breaks the camel's back on Howland. And I don't see that this year because I, I see him getting more out of a group than – I mean, this team lost its four leading scorers from a year ago. And they have beaten Missouri, and they have hung around at Alabama, who's one of the nation's best teams. Yeah, there's been some crap-in-the-bed moments. Kentucky and Ole Miss. A&M. A&M. I mean, th- there's, there's been some of those moments, too. I, I don't know. Had, I think if he just had one of those wins, it would be a different perception. If he just held on against Kentucky. If he had just beaten Ole Miss. Especially, Ole, Miss is, Ole Miss is really tainting this. Because people are tired of losing to them in basketball. Howland has not had success against them. This is not a good Ole Miss team. And not only did you lose, they handled you. Yeah. You were never in the game, hardly. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think particularly Ole Miss taints the whole thing. Because you look at that and and just, the again, like you said, the, the way you lost that game, it, it just sticks in everybody's crawl, I think. Um, I don't know. It, it, it is what what's I guess almost not even disputable at this point is with baseball season the schedule's now announced and you're now what four weeks away from that the basketball team men's kind of middling yeah <laughs> the women's aren't exactly lighting the it world on fire. It's been a fire. great athletic year for Mississippi. Um, no, you're getting dangerously close if you're not already there to some extent to to that apathetic time with with basketball. Mm-hmm. I think when it as pertains to the long-term picture of Mississippi State basketball, men's basketball in particular, um that's what you worry about a little bit. Cuz like I mean if you open up, you know, be great if the coronavirus would just go away, right. you know. But if you did that, people aren't packing the hump for men's basketball right now. I don't now. think so. I wonder about that. I wonder if, like, maybe the first game back, we might have a big crowd just because people could would want to come back. But then after that, you know, I don't know. And, and, I, and, I, and, and coronavirus has – I have no idea what the people really think of this team because I can't see the crowds. Yeah. You know? And we were I, talking about that before the show. Yeah, and we'll talk about it here in just a second. I, I'm just I, – as I if I'm putting myself in John Cohen's shoes, that's one of my big gauges. You know, it's not so much looking at just the records. It's looking at the direction of the program. And are the people that buy your tickets, are the people that donate to the Bulldog Club, are the people that do all this, are they invested in your in your program? Is the program advancing forward? That's what, if I'm John Cohen, I'm looking at. And I don't know that the answer to that's yes. I don't know the answer to that's no. And with... COVID, like you said, I mean, you don't get that kind of a wrestling reference here, but they talk about how every night you have, uh, a, whenever coronavirus isn't going on, you have a crowd to kind of evaluate your product. Right. Well, John Cohen and, and the people making this deci- these kinds of decisions, they don't have a crowd to evaluate the product of the fan base's excitement or lack thereof. And Lord knows you don't need to look at Twitter for that sort of stuff. I mean, Twitter's going to shape your worldview 
in a way that I don't know is a majority of opi- opinion because the whole world ain't on Twitter. Um, you and I live there sometimes because we kind of have to in yeah. some instances, but you don't get... Cohen doesn't get to see the full, I think, pulse of the fan base. But that's what you have to do, I think, when you're evaluating Ben Howland and where Mississippi State basketball is now, is are people buying in? Is, is Are things moving forward? I know a lot of you don't think that it is. And there are some that kind of have a little more of a wait-and-see approach. I'm probably more in the wait-and-see approach um, camp there. But I, I just don't know how you evaluate where this team is right now. And I, I think that they're at a spot where my guess is there is apathy starting to set in, and people might check the scores after games, but they're not really invested at the moment. Yeah. That's kind of where I think it is. But you talked about COVID, if you want to go there. Yeah, we've talked about it. I think college basketball is the sport that's the most hurt right now by, by COVID. I, I cannot watch these games. I mean, it really feels like you're watching an extended practice. It does. I mean, college football, you know, 15,000 people was enough to make it feel like it was, it was what was going on was real, right? But for basketball, it feels like, you know, they do all these videos and everything, and I'm like, there's 50 people in here. Like, what are we doing these videos for? You know, who's, who are we getting? Everybody up? Who, what? You know, there's nobody here. And it, it just, feels you know, forced. And then just yeah, like, watching on television is 10 times worse. Watch, watching that game yesterday, awful. Just, just, it's just a miserable viewing experience. And then you put on top of that, the product isn't great. You know, it's just... College basketball is suffering right now. Oh, it's bad. It's yeah. awful. I, I told you that I watched a little bit of A&M Ole Miss yesterday, and I haven't watched basically any non-Mississippi State bas- college basketball all year. And it didn't take me long watching that to see. I didn't want to see any more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that has nothing to do with the fact it was Ole Miss. It, it, was, it could have been anybody out there. It, it is just... You got to really love it. It's a little bit like going to watch somebody else's kids play T-ball. Yeah, where I got no rooting interest. There's no yeah. rooting interest, and the game doesn't look like you think it's supposed to look. Yeah. <laughs> like one of those so, things doing out there. Yeah. yeah, so it doesn't take long until There's you're just like, that. I'm out. So, yeah. like, College basketball is, is, is hurting right now. We'll see. We're going to stay back in action. Is it Tuesday against Tennessee? Yes, at Tennessee. At Tennessee, so who was? I mean, they're not exactly lighting the world up, but as of the moment, they're the number six team in the country. Right, so they won't be when they the won't next be when poll the new comes. poll comes out. Yeah, but yeah, so so another tough game for the Bulldogs. Uh, we'll see if they can get back on the winning track. Let's move on over to our next topic. It's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. You might have seen that I enjoyed a Welcome Home Beef product. This I noticed. Weekend. Oh, it was it was delightful. <laughs> So, what else am I going to cook from there? Well, the good news is I got a lot of options. I don't have to just do the same thing over and over. Again. It's not always ribeyes. I got plenty of great choices that they can hook you up with. And of course, if they you go in there and check it out, you look in the cooler. Maybe they don't have exactly what you're looking for. Let them know. They can make those orders for you. They can help you out. So, give them a call today. Put something delicious on your grill. Put something delicious in the pan, in the stove, in a pot. They got everything. It's going to be cold this next couple of days. Maybe it's time for some beef stew, some chili, some soup. Those are things that you can get when you shop with Welcome Home Beef. Call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at M- MS. What? what? ABSMS. Is that where I was going? I don't know. <laughs> That's where it sounded like you were going. I don't know. But you, I would go to welcomehomebeef.com if I wanted some meat. I'll tell you that. And then you can be just like me, enjoying your Saturdays with Welcome Home Beef. And when you put it in your mouth, one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. 
All right, Mississippi State hits the transfer portal on Saturday. Jalen Green, former University of Texas defensive back and former five-star recruit. I believe I saw a, a note that this would be the second highest rated recruit Mississippi State has ever signed had he signed with Mississippi State out of high school. Yeah, when you look at it from that perspective, a heck of a pickup. Yeah. The, the wet blanket part of all this, though, is just that he's played for three years at Texas yeah. and was never really a consistent starter. Right. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but Green, six foot, hundred eighty five pounder, played corner at uh, at Texas. Uh, expected to play safety and play some corner here uh, as well for Mississippi State. And at, at the end of the day, desperately, desperately needed oh, yeah. a defensive back from the portal. Needed somebody to come in. Now, not immediately eligible. Still have to wait and see on that. Not a grad transfer. Uh, but all indications, and I talked to some people at Mississippi State, is that that will happen for him. Uh, that the the NCAA is probably going to be pretty lax with transfers, especially not uh, conference transfers. You yeah. may have remembered Eddie Smith, the defensive back from Alabama. There was some some smoke around him. He had ultimately ended up at Illinois. Did not want to have to sit out a year because he was yeah. going from one SEC school to the other. Yeah, and, and of course, Makai Polk's in the same as is Randy Troll. Same boat. Um, so anyway, yeah, hey, state. You look at what state lost. Credit, credit here to your uh, cousin Six Packs Peak. Six Packs Peak. And uh, his real name is Stephen Augustine. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hi, Steve. We don't have to go by internet names here. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, that we did. The Godfather. Uh, the Godfather. There we go. Uh, but no, his tweet yesterday I thought was pretty appropriate. Yeah. The uh, with the graphic. Yeah, you did? yeah. You had yeah, that pounders. was really well done. I wonder where he came up with that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, there must be some smart people that. Must you know, be. Follow this kind of stuff. Uh, but anyway, you have Pounders, you have Buck Halter, and then you have MJ Daniels. Right. right? And then you really have replaced them you with, upgraded all three. with people whose ratings are higher. Yeah, Mary Flipless. I mean, they, people tried to play some, some jokes, tried to play some jokes, and then State went out and got three better players. That, to me, is a much better punchline uh, for Mississippi State. Now, uh, I find it odd that they don't rank transfers in recruiting rankings. I'm not saying you got to use their high school ranking or anything like that, but it feels like a player, you know, especially Charlton, Polk, Green, and honestly, Jack Abraham, I mean, you should be able to give some sort of rating on those guys, don't you think? Yeah, you, you, you'd think, but that's not how, but it's the not game how it works. Uh, so it doesn't affect Mississippi State's recruiting ranking, still sitting at 34 nationally. Three spots left Ty Cooper. Calvin Johnson. You know, that, that's interesting because I hadn't really thought about it. Uh-huh. The, the portal becoming as big of a part of things as, as it now is is really going to make some of those recruiting rankings not as relevant as they used to be. Until they, unless they fix that, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Until they decide, okay, we can start ranking those guys. And I guess yeah. because of that, eventually you'll probably have that, you would think. You but would think. We'll see. So the, the last player that they expect to sign is Katravian Hargrove. His decision day is... I think three days from now. I think Wednesday. Yeah. And then you've got Calvin Johnson has also said he plans to uh, uh, make his decision prior to signing day. He strikes me as the type of kid who would be very upfront with people and say, let people know what they're going to do. If Johnson doesn't come into Mississippi State, they expect the focus to switch to Georgia defensive back, not University of Georgia, um, 
his name is Shikari Denson, uh, could end up as, as a Mississippi State uh, Bulldog should uh, Johnson uh, not make that decision for Mississippi State. Um, the bottom line is, when all is said and done, after February, whatever it is, February 3rd, signing day, yeah. we're going to look at this class, and the rating is probably going to be somewhere around 30, right? Yeah. And But you added some impact But transfers. you added some impact guy, and to me, the only hole might end up being that that's strong not being in that class is is the only real blemish. Yeah, you needed that guy. But you do the best you can. And here's the thing. Between now and then, I mean, the the portal is always open. So, let's say between now and then and I maybe there's some more attrition for Mississippi State. Yeah. Well, then you could maybe bring another guy in at that point. I don't know how that uh, exactly how that works, but I would imagine there are middle linebackers available in the transfer portal. So, there, there there's possibility that you could go out and find a guy. Uh, there, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this 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 class. I mean, it's just it's it's right where Mississippi State has been recruiting, but they've added some 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 impact transfers. It's a good class overall. I know signing day hurt. It was a gut gut punch, no question about that. But at the end of the day, you got to give this credit credit to this coaching staff in that they went out and found better players. They went out and you know they upgraded. They did really well. This is a pretty solid class, top to bottom. Uh, they need to you know what they need is a couple of these. Lower-rated guys, a guy like maybe Travon Marshall or a uh, Albert Reese, it's a guy I know they have a lot of, of, of confidence in, to, to become the diamond in the rough kind of players that Dan Mullen sort of thrived on. Yeah. But at the top guys in this class, I feel really good about. I mean, I feel great about Sawyer Robertson, Teddy Knox, uh, John Lewis. You know, I feel really good about those guys. So, it's funny with Green. This all goes back to Christmas Day. State doesn't pursue Jalen Green, I don't think, if Jadarius Perkins commits to Mississippi State like a lot of people thought he was going to. On Christmas Day, and now Jadarius Perkins, I have no idea where he'll end up. Yeah. All all indications are it's not Mississippi State and it's not Oregon anymore either. So, I kind of quit following along. Yeah, that that's, saga, yeah just, so. just, I, I'm not. I don't keep up. I just when I see things, I just read them. So. <laughs> see, I guess. But, this, but, this, but I mean, the class, class. I guess maybe to to bring this whole show full circle a little bit. This class just goes to show you gotta wait till signing day till it's done. Like till till the class is complete before you just totally flip out, you know? Because this 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 coaching staff, man, they have really replaced everybody, with maybe the exception of strong, everybody that was quote unquote lost or flipped or whatever, there has been an, an upgrade to an extent, at least from a ratings perspective. And you got to tip your hat to him, man. You got to tip your hat to a guy like Jason Washington, who's apparently very instrumental in uh, in getting Jalen Green to to come to Mississippi State. They yeah. had that relationship previously at Texas, and now he's coming in. I mean, you got to tip your hat to this this entire coaching staff for for filling those holes. And it does seem like you get there at the end of signing day, when things are said and done, the class is going to be okay, despite all the all the freaking out about it. And I, I was saying to bring the whole show full circle. Before any any like humongous opinions, I guess are formed on like Howland and the future of the program. You probably need to let the basketball season completely play out too. That was where I was going with with that. But yeah, yeah, there's something to it. What do Yogi Berra say? It ain't over till it's over. Yeah, uh, and so, so we're two the, weeks from sign, Wednesday. signing day isn't over yet, but it, it sure has turned around and seems to be oh, in a, week a from Wednesday. Yeah, so what, more positive days? direction than it was. Yeah, it's ten days away. We're knocking at the door. Um, so. I'm interested, the 2021, another thing to take into account, by the way, is State's going to have this class with one of the weakest in-state crops 
that I can remember. I mean, when you look at the the twenty four seven composite, how many four stars do you have? Five, you know, yeah, five, four, six, six, six is the number. State got two of them. Their other four, you know, Deion Smith's at LSU, Kadarius Callaway's at Alabama, Isaiah Brevard is at Oregon, Luke Altmyer's at Ole Miss. Only six four-star kids. I mean, it's, it's a weak class in state. And you're still going to pull off but a class that's going to finish somewhere in around 28 to 30. Not bad. And next year's class is much, much more. When we were throwing out names while ago, we didn't even throw out Ty Cooper, I don't think. No, I, I said or, it was the first guy I said. Did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is, he's such an interesting player. And, and they're expecting uh, a Wednesday as well, a new uh, rankings uh, to come out. So maybe Ty Cooper will jump up a little bit. As it stands right now, he actually lowers your per star, your star per, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, player rating. Because he's, he's just lowly rated. So is uh, CJ. So is CJ Johnson. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. I, hate, I have trouble calling him CJ Johnson, by the way. That name has a negative connotation for me, as you might imagine. <laughs> All right, tomorrow's show, we'll look at Mississippi State, Tennessee just a little bit. We'll talk a little of this, a little of that, maybe some baseball. I'm going to try to reach out and try to. I, I want Coach Lamonis this week on the podcast. It's time to talk some baseball. I know you're down for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good for it anytime. So. You know, we anytime we talk talk ball, I'm good. Uh, I, I actually was sh- shared a few texts with our good buddy Jake Mangum over the weekend. Oh, and yeah. Asked him, you know, didn't realize he was a vampire. Uh, did you see those picks that MSU history yes, printed out? Yes, that was crazy. And and you got looks just like him. Jake in 1959 sitting there watching Old Main burn. Yeah, he should have been on the baseball team. He could have like another 50, 60 hits. <laughs> could have really put that record out. It was really crazy how it was darn near identical. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's something. I, sure. And we were texting with Jake. He's like, usually when people say this kind of stuff, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. He was like, I see it. Yeah, it looks, I mean, it looks just like <laughs> well, you have to. It looks just like it looks you there, just buddy. Like him, so, all right. Guys, have a great uh, start to your week, and we'll be back with you very, very soon. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.